Hello and welcome to the Ambassadors Forum Radio Show on True Talk 800 KPDQ. My name is Adrian Toder, and I'm filling in again this week for Roy. And it is an absolute pleasure to be here. One of our goals at the Ambassadors Forum is to bring unique content in the area of apologetics, content that helps Christians bring the ideas of God into our daily conversations. These discussions don't have to be forced and uncomfortable. In fact, the world's already having them. They're having discussions about tough and challenging topics, and Christians ought to be in the middle of those. We ought to listen to those who disagree, consider the other person's viewpoint, and have thoughtful answers when challenged. But that takes preparation, study, something that Peter in his epistle made sure to stress. He said, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. You see, that last part is often lacking on both sides of the discussion. We get emotional, we don't listen, we don't consider the other person's arguments. As a Christian, we especially need to be considerate and gracious in our speech. It's something that I always feel like I need to be mindful of and improve. In that spirit, I'm continuing a conversation I started last week with Justin David. Justin and I grew up in the same church, but he fell away from the faith a few years ago. Despite this, we've remained close friends and often engaged in these sorts of discussions about our differences. Those that listened last week hopefully noted that Justin really is a deep thinker. He makes challenges that we as Christians need to consider. And in the last show, he recounted his deconversion and explained why he no longer believes in God. His story is not one of a rebellious teenager, but a man who realized while in his 40s that he simply no longer believes. With that intro, I want to get back to my discussion with Justin. Um, Justin, I want to change gears from where we ended last week and go on to a question about the meaning of life. How long can this take? <laughs> I always wondered about this for myself. Uh, as a Christian, the meaning of life is kind of packaged for me because uh, the Bible describes it fairly clearly, that our goal is to pursue God, to be righteous, and to preach the word. Uh, Jesus gave us uh, the, the Great Commission, and in some sense that kind of puts a framework around the things that we're, I'm asked to do. Uh, and as long as I'm doing those things, I feel like I'm succeeding in, in what God has designed me for. Um, if I was, if I was, if that was suddenly taken away, I'm not sure what I would find in life. I'm sure I'd find something, but I'm curious to know what did you find? How did you? How do you now uh, structure your life and find meaning in your life uh, without God? So that's as loaded of a question as as any, and it's. I don't think anybody has arrived. I think we've all have contributed to our collected answers as a society and and then as individuals. Um, But like you, I had to have a quick uh, crash course in that question because I believe that the meaning of life was found in exactly exactly how you, how you worded it, which is not a surprise because we, we, we grew up in the same church. Um, so the, the, with regards to the meaning of life, um, um, as a philosopher will always ask you, what do you mean by meaning? Uh, and what do you mean by life? And while, while that's funny, it's, it's, it's important to, to establish what the, what, what the terms of, of uh, conversation that we're engaged in. Um, so meaning can be synonymous with purpose. Um, but when, when a person finds out that your purpose is to uh, go to church, have kids, uh, try to stay alive for 80 years, and then die, 
that that might be prescriptive and you can kind of understand the purpose, but um, that's not what a person is asking when they're asking meaning. Uh, meaning uh, speaks of worth, of value. Um, when something is meaningful to me, I, it's it's very dear to my heart. It's very central to to my emotions and my um, my soul. And so, um, when we ask what is the meaning of life, I think we ask what is the value of life and how can it be lived to its fullest, if you will. And um, and one of my answers is one that um, Christians tend not to like and call uh, heathenistic. Um, and, it's, and it's not the pursuit of pleasures, which is pure um, hedonism. It's the pursuit of, of joy. Um, if any philosopher will um, be able to have a concrete answer to a meaning of life, it, it is suffering. Um, there's nobody that doesn't acknowledge the meaning of suffering. And, and uh, because every time uh, you experience a loss of somebody in your life, every time you stub your toe, you remember the meaning of suffering. Um, and, and we, as humans, are, are geared towards um, trying to minimize suffering as one of the purposes of our lives, uh, volens, nolens, willing or not. Um, we we want to minimize suffering, and we tend to want to go in the exact opposite direction. So, so if a compass for meaning of life was to exist, I think um, it would be a pursuit of joy and the pursuit of a eighty-year-long life with joy. Um, and that doesn't look like a roller coaster. It looks like having relationships that are extremely meaningful having experiences with our loved ones that that brings up bring us the opposite of suffering that brings us joy um, it is bringing joy into other people's lives um, I invent something that makes your life better more joyful less painful um, I invent a drug that takes away your cancer which brings so much suffering and in consequence brings joy um, to to your life and if you will this this for me has become um, the question how how do I bring less suffering and more joy and meaningful lasting real joy and in, into my life so in a nutshell a meaningful life is one in which you have very close and meaningful relationships and are able to walk with those in your in your close circle um, doing things that better their lives while bettering your own life. I think as a Christian, we can definitely get on board with that. Okay. Uh, there, that's definitely a huge part of it. The, the reason I think that we can say that that's good is because there, there is a good. Um, and, and here's where, where we find ourselves with a bit of philosophical difference, I think. Um, I love it when an, when an atheist comes to conclusions that a Christian would come to by looking at the way that I think that God made the world. God made the world uh, for us to pursue good things, and as a result, we get joy. We get these things out of it. However, I always wondered, what what do you mean by good? And 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 and, and let's assume, let me ask a different question in a different way. Let's say that what what really brought you joy wasn't 
having uh, meaningful relationships and close family ties. But just hypothetically here, what if what brought you joy was instead uh, robbing banks? You you get the thrill from 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 the steal, and and now you're you're faced with a question. This is what brings me joy. Do you pursue it, or do you feel like there's a higher morality there that would would restrain you from that? So, it's hard to separate a long-lasting, joyful act um, or lifestyle um, outside of the benefit of your community. Um, uh, For example, um, we like to say that the most hedonistic thing that you can do is do good unto others um, because it it always returns um, for it to be good for you. Um, So, so, Inflicting pain on others as a lifestyle and as a sustainable lifestyle is is doesn't sound like a plausible um, method of joy in in my mind and 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 I could be wrong but that's that's kind of how I see it at this point. Um, so I think I think um, contrary to how I used to believe I'm I'm looking at the um, here and now, I'm looking at the 80 years that we have on Earth um, in a in a good scenario, and I find that um, under Christianity, you're allowed to to sacrifice the good here in perspective of the eternal, and and I find that that frequently that meaning of life, that good, um, is is at is is sacrificed for something that is not in the realm of something that we know or see, um, and so my go-to example is something that cl- hits very close to me. Uh, is is a woman who is in a bad marriage for sixty years because she believes that um, God hates divorce and sticks with it, and and I find that a person like her will have not lived a meaningful life. When you when your scope is eighty years, um, but will have sacrificed it because they feel that it's a blink of an eye in contrast to eternity, and I find that that this is a very important blink of an eye, and I find that this blink of an eye is what we know we have, um, and and I find that you can study what makes for a meaningful life here, and at least just be honest with yourself and say, yes, we are sacrificing this life for others under these circumstances, for uh, this life for eternity under these circumstances. And I, I, so if, I, if you will, I think the contrast between in how I used to believe and the way I believe now is that I'm focusing on, the, on these 80 years. That, that focus on the, the afterlife is actually one of the, uh, one of the actually most important points that Christianity has. In fact, our ultimate example would be of sacrificing oneself for the greater good. I mean, Jesus, Jesus himself uh, uh, set that pattern and said, and, and, and laid down his life, in, in, a, in a sense, laid down this short blink of an eye that you're talking about uh, uh, for us. And so it, it is fascinating that it would be an interesting uh, thing 
under under naturalism or atheism, uh, sacrificing your life for something uh, sounds like it would be the ultimate stupidity, where you've given up this short blink of an eye for nothing in the, in the ultimate sense. But I think that's I think there's something there that that is kind of built into us where we we actually admire that in in, in any regard. We admire somebody who who sacrifices uh, themselves for what they believe in. Because I think somewhere implanted in there is that idea that there will be this reward for them in the afterlife. That there is that this isn't the end of it, and they've they've attained something great. Um, um, so, from an evolutionary perspective, um, if we have this instinct, it, it serves to continue the species, um, and perhaps in that manner it can be evolutionarily explained but i think i think as we're sitting here i can't think of a scenario in which i would sacrifice my life and 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 it's true i like reasonably speaking i'm trying to figure out in what circumstance would i say okay no take me and uh, i would be hard pressed to come up with an answer for that question that's that's very honest that's on an instinctual level, if if I see somebody dear to me about to be run over by a truck, and I realize that if I help him, I might risk my own life, uh, I see myself doing it. But but if you I, had time to think about it, if I had time to think about it, I don't know what the answer would be, <laughs> right? Uh, and I don't want to sound like a jerk on uh, on the air here, but that's I, I think that's uh, I'm being honest in that response. No, no I admire that. In Christianity, what I've learned and what we learn is that the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And I find, first of all, that Christians do both of those well. Um, But I find that now that um, I'm without God, that the second part of it is extremely on point. Um, because I believe that a life well lived is a life in which you love those around you and a life in which you love and accept yourself. Um, And I think a life without these two things lacks meaning utterly. Um, I think of uh, loving yourself as going to Disneyland and, and loving your neighbor as yourself is taking your kid to Disneyland. And I think B is better every day of the week. I love that. I mean, that, that, that's something that I think Christians can can sign up for because, heck, it's in the Bible. <laughs> for sure. Uh, for sure. Where, where we as Christians uh, and as Christian apologists uh, challenge atheists is, is, that, is that question of... Uh, uh, what do you mean by good? What, why are those the things that you choose other than, than um, they make you feel good? Is, is there a, do you feel like there's a higher purpose to that? Or is it simply the fact that it, it seems to work for you and that's, that's why you choose it? So um, because we're on the subject of meaning, um, the, the question is meaningful to whom? And in this situation, it's meaningful to me or meaningful to us. And I think universally, um, if you were to choose between a life with your brother and a million dollars or a life void of your brother to whom, with whom you're extremely close and a million dollars. And I think you, 
I think most of us would realize that um, that brother brings meaning into our lives much greater than that million dollars, which is the apex of what some, some people call happiness, let's say. But if you were to uh, describe that outside of what makes you feel good, you or maybe even most people, um, what if what if there happens to be people out there, which I think there are, that find meaning and ha- happiness from things that you would find detestable or just simply you would disagree with? Um, do, are those people missing the mark in some way? Do they are they are they breaking a, a rule that exists, or is it simply that you happen to dislike what they do? Uh, why should those people not pursue the things that they want, similar to the way they're pursuing you things you want? So I believe that people that are on the opposite spectrum um, tend to be psychopathic and or at least sociopathic. I believe that across cultures, we value family over riches. We value friends over things, ultimately. Sometimes not for the moment. Sometimes we pick the car instead of, instead of the relationship. And the older we grow, the more we realize what a mistake that is. And so I, I find it a universal meaning. In other words, it's meaningful to people cross-culturally that relationships... Um, good relationships trump toys, for example, every time. But I feel like you're, you're putting in a, a moral connotation to this, that the sociopath is, again, missing the mark. He's, he's not only uh, doing something different than, than you'd want him to do, but that he's also doing something bad. And this, is, uh, this may be uh, a subject for another time, but the, the, uh, the smuggling in of this moral feeling is something that definitely belongs in the Christian worldview. But as an atheist, this is where uh, you may have a bit of a grounding problem, where if the sociopath is doing something just, similar, just different than, than you, so what? So just as, just as purely in the realm of what brings us joy and meaning, um, I find that joy and meaning are inseparable from relationships and living life um, with and close to those who you love. So just uh, more morality aside, let's say, let's say you have to kill, steal, and destroy in order to get that. Um, so at this point, I'm completely immoral. Um, it's those things that bring us joy um, uh, universally. And I think, I think people that are, are missing that sentiment, that uh, they don't find any meaning in that, tend to be rather monsters. And it's typically people that we put away, and for, for good reason. Um, so, so again, divorce from morality for the, for the purposes of this conversation. I think, I truly believe that um, it is relationships that bring true meaning into our lives. And even when you're speaking about meaningful work, like, man, I love what I'm doing, um, usually it amounts to the fact that this is productive for other people and that I'm, I'm changing lives uh, by developing this tool that makes life easier for them or by developing this vaccine or by developing this recipe. Um, I think all of those point to a better society, uh, hopefully. Um, 
and, 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 I, and I, I can definitely admire that. We, I think, share a certain common value system that comes from both our upbringing and, and, and also the fact that you can, you can acknowledge, uh, unlike many, uh, I think many uh, people who leave the faith, you can still acknowledge the, the, the positive things that you learned in the church, whether or not you, you happen to agree with, with all the things you learned in the church. Um, and, and that's something I admire about you. You've, you have not thrown out the baby with the bathwater. You see there are certain things there. Uh, I'm curious, uh, just to, to wrap things up here today, what would you find as uh, the, the things that you most kept in terms of your values from, from what you were raised in that gives you meaning and purpose? Without learning it as such, um, I look back and I see the value of community. And that is by far the biggest and coolest thing about the church that, that I've learned and I'm trying to create or foster in my own life. Um, the fact that people get together and um, week after week, year after year, and sometimes for a lifetime have a body of, in this situation, believers with whom they do life. And the name of the game in that community, besides worshiping God, is is seeking to uh, better the lives of the people there, um, uh, mowing the lawns of the elderly, uh, and and on and turning turning things around. The elderly want to make sure that the youth program is um, as brilliant as possible, and they will fund it and make sure that their youth can go to Mexico and to uh, camps and and have a basketball court close by and you see a community of people really watching out for each other um, and if if people in positive psychology discover a community to be extremely beneficial theoretically um, the church does it organically and I find that extremely valuable and I'd like to incorporate that in my own life and it's honestly something that I've been very much struggling with because in America, the church does that really well and people outside of, let's say, the religious spectrum um, haven't matched the church uh, with regards to community at all. Um, so I think community and devotion to community is, is one of the best aspects of the church, in my opinion. And with that, we're just about out of time for this week. First, I want to say I really appreciated having Justin on. It's not easy to go on a show and be challenged about all your views. However, I'm hoping our, our listeners really took something away from our conversation. Hopefully, it was a good and accurate representation of both sides. Uh, I want Christians to really know that those who disagree with us may have strong reasons for doing so, and they're happy to engage thoughtfully if we do. Having these sorts of discussions can really serve to sharpen our ideas. And honestly, this really has worked for me as I've done this more often. What I noticed about myself when I first started de debating and discussing Christianity were how bad my ideas really were. I found myself making arguments that were weak or ill-phrased, but originally sounded good in my head. And once I tried them in actual discussion, I was shot down pretty fast. And I had to take my lumps and just really go back to the drawing board. Some of the arguments I had to just drop entirely. Others I had to just refine. I still have a long way to go, but it's the study and the actual practice of having these discussions with people who disagree with me that have really helped improve things for me. But as Christians, we're ambassadors of Christ, and because of this, we, we need to learn. 
how to communicate his message to the world. And as we build up the church, I pray that God will inspire more Christians to engage the world with his message. Thank you for being part of our show today. And don't forget to visit theambassadorsforum.com for all of the previous broadcasts we've had and other great content. We're also on every Saturday morning at 9.30 on True Talk 800 AM. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.